Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Tonight, uh, we're looking at prayer principles, some more prayer principles. And uh, Laura, if you could please um, put that up on the screen. You know, there's different kinds of prayers that the Holy Spirit, we don't use it as a rule book, but the Holy Spirit inspires different kinds of prayers in different kinds of situations. And so uh, to, it was really on Tony's heart that we not be um, ignorant or ill-advised that there are different kinds of prayers and that we not do as a, a Brother Hagen, who's gone to heaven, would say, People sometimes put prayer, all prayer, in a sack, shake it up, and throw it out together, and all, and just say, "Well, prayers, prayer, prayers, prayers, not just prayers." In the same way that sports aren't just sports, there are different, there are different uh, guidelines that um, that help sports be played and understood and carried out, and the same, the same goes with prayer. Tonight, we're going to look at a kind of prayer. As you can see in Ephesians, the sixth chapter in this, verse 18, it says, Pray passionately in the Spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. So we have already looked at consecration, casting your care. We have also, uh, we have noted the fact that everything revolves around worship. We looked, the last month, we looked at faith and, uh, and supplication. Those two fingers work a lot of times together, uh, the prayer of faith and the prayer of supplication together. I'm going to open up this verse of Scripture. If you can just look in your, in your Bibles in Ephesians, the, the sixth chapter, you know, Paul gave a portion of Scripture here about the armor of God. Um, the breastplate of righteousness and the girdle of truth and the the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the helmet of salvation. And then there was the shield of faith. And finally, in verse 17 in Ephesians 6, it says, uh, and the sword of the spirit, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of of God, and so the Word of God um, is our really our uh, in this scripture shows us what an offensive we have isn't venting our feelings; it is actually the uh, the use of the Word of God, and we're going to dive into this really a lot tonight. Verse eighteen, um, hardly without a breath, uh, uh, Paul didn't quit talking here. He's not changing subjects. He said, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God praying always. And so the sword, which is the word of God then is a, is a, is a dynamic tool in prayer. And just like, uh, the word, uh, just like a sword, you know, from way back in those swashbuckling days, Maybe there's people that like to fence. Um, 
they, you can learn how to wield a sword and actually be amazing with it. And so uh, not clumsy with it, but very accurate with it and the movements of it. And so the use of the word of God is similar in this way. The more that you, with your mouth, have the word of God in your mouth, you can learn to wield the word like a swordsman and become skilled in the wielding of the sword and know which word to put as our master did in Luke the fourth chapter and Matthew the fourth chapter when he showed how to use the word in the wilderness against the enemy, but he didn't just speak to the enemy. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, The sword is the word of God and we, we pray using a sword, but we don't only do that. I want to use another application of the word. And then I'm going to have Lynette Richards come up because I'd like us to see the application of what exactly we're talking about. Go to Philemon. And there's only one chapter in Philemon. Let's go to the sixth verse. And it says that the sharing of your faith may become, um, and I think the Yes, the sharing of your faith or that your faith would become uh, effectual by the acknowledging of every bad thing about yourself. No. By acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ. And so, because we are our priests with the Lord and in prayer, uh, we work together with the head of the church we uh, we not only use the word of God against the enemy, but we also use the word of God in the um, in the declaration and the um, the identification of the way things are in the sight of God. We declare the will of God according to Him. We declare it to be in situations. It's wonderful. And it's a form of prayer. This form of prayer is not so much with petition. It's with declaration. And we see this style of talking with Paul in his letters. I'm going to just use a couple more minutes to just set this up for for Lynette as we get going here. Paul, his style of letters uh, that he wrote in his letters... um, was hardly ever about you need to do this and you need to stop doing this. He did use that kind of of wording, the second half of Ephesians and the second half of Colossians. But mostly when he wrote to the church, he told them who they were. Because as new believers, they didn't know who they were. They knew what they were, and they knew what they felt. But somebody needed to tell them who, according to God, they were. So you see in Paul's writing, he says, we are this. And people's minds are saying, really? Doesn't seem like it. Doesn't feel like it. But Paul says, we do this. And a believer might think, well, I've never done that before. But he's defining who we are in Christ. And so there is this wonderful ministry in prayer 
that can fall in the category of supplication except for that it's not a request. But it is a working together with God in the proclamation and declaration of his will and the way he sees things about a person. So, Lynette, if you can grab that mic and come on up here. There are, uh, you know, Paul the Apostle, he wrote these wonderful things in his letters to the churches. Lynette is, um, we're just so glad you're a part of our church. We just love you. We love Emily and, and her family that is here. We're so glad you're here tonight. Just want you to be so welcome. But, and um, Lynette has been a blessing to a church uh, a lot of the people in our church family with the encouragement and coaching in the proclamation of God's will concerning matters. Uh, when, when Paul was, um, when he was writing, he was writing to people who were reading. Sometimes you cannot tell people everything you want to tell them. Does anybody know what I'm telling? I'm t telling them good things even telling them good confessions about them, but they don't want to hear what you have to say. The Lord said this one time to me. He said, when you can't say to somebody, because they don't want to hear it, but when you can't say, you can always pray. And so sometimes there are words, edifying words that we can say to people and help them know who they are, like Paul did in the church letters. But when there aren't those opportunities or openings, doesn't mean that your mouth is closed and sealed. It means if you can't say, you can always pray. So this is a, this is a way of prayer. And um, I think what I'd like us to do, let's just pray. And we'll just pray. And then we're just going to jump in. Okay. Oh, it's going to be fun. Okay. Father God, I just am so grateful for the effectiveness of your word. It doesn't return void when it's returned. It must be returned. To bring a harvest, it must be planted and declared and said. And so I ask you, Father, that as a result of what is heard tonight, that all of us will uh, open our mouths and speak your word in Jesus' name to edify people. But if we can't speak to them, we can always declare it in the spirit in this form of prayer. Bless the Lord. All right. I'd like you just to just, to just share how the Lord has just helped you to, to actually pick up this sword and pick up this way of interacting with God on behalf of people. Yeah. Well, when I first came to know the Lord, which was back in 1980, um, I didn't really know what had happened to me. I came to know Jesus in my lounge room and my whole life just turned right around. And I, had, I didn't know what had happened to me because nobody actually led me to the Lord. Um, and then I got, so, I got led to go to a church where I learned about the Bible and what had happened to me. And I thought it was all wonderful, but I realised, Pastor Patsy, that all my family were going to hell. <laughs> Makes me emotional thinking about it. And I'm thinking, I am just thought I thought you could just go and tell them all about Jesus and mm. they'd all want him. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't. And um, I was desperate for them to know the Lord because I just couldn't bear to think of um, them going to hell. And plus, we'd had a lovely relationship 
before that and suddenly Jesus came in between it and I was like a foreigner to everybody and a lot of people never took it very well. So I really called out to God one day to ask them what should I do and I got a word from the Bible saying whatever things you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatsoever things you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So I knew, even though I was a brand new Christian, I knew what he was saying to me that more or less I had the authority to bind the enemy that was blinding them to the truth. And I, and I ran with that and I started to do that. And one by one, they started to come in. And, um, and then I learned a lot from Kenneth Copeland about speaking the word over situations, loosing the word. Um, yeah, so I knew that it worked. And I was just, when I'm on a good thing, I have to tell everybody about it. So I, uh, I was a bit of a, my mother, mother nearly, I nearly drove her mad. Till she came to the Lord and then my dad and then my brother and my sister-in-law and neighbours and all sorts. So I knew that prayer worked and I just wanted to encourage other people to do it. Wow, I love that. So, so um, your whole family came in. Yes, one by one. My goodness. <laughs> and it all started with that verse in Matthew yep. about binding and loosing. Yep. And I, that word became a sword to you. It was. But it, it's not the only verse that you use. So no, then no. what happened as that grew? Uh, well, as I grew, I listened to lots of teaching by Kenneth Copeland. Yes. I have to thank him. When Emily was a little girl, she used to pretend she was Kenneth Copeland. She'd get up and say, I'm Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> but anyway... Um, I listened to lots of preachers and they talked about the importance of speaking the word. Mm -hmm. And what I learned was when we look at people in the natural, we see them with all their faults and and me included. But when you look at them through the eyes of God, you see them perfect and complete. So because um, at the cross, as we know, Jesus said, even when you were dead in sin and in the uncircumcision of the flesh, he says, I quickened you. He said, I cleansed you, I sanctified you, I justified you, I redeemed your life from destruction. So as I started to pray over people, I could see them perfect and complete and lacking nothing. And so based on that, I was able to say to the enemy, so you've got no legal right to that person because, you know, once upon a time he would say, well, I have because they're a drunkard or they're a womanizer or they're a murderer. But I say, no, they're not. God sees them perfect and complete. He's paid, paid for their sin. It's as far as the east is from the west. So that's when I started to declare the word over them that God said, and then I would bind the enemy. And I imagined that I was <laughs> putting my foot on his throat. <laughs> I didn't realize how violent I was. And, uh, and that he couldn't speak to them. And, you know, he couldn't. He couldn't speak to them. It didn't happen overnight. But it happened bit by bit. Now, uh, I want you to be sure that we, let's catch this, because she said that she saw them from God's standpoint, and even if they were, what I think you said, a womanizer or a drunk yeah. or something yeah. like that, it changes the way you pray by, of what you see. Mm-hmm. Like if you see somebody as a, as a drunk, your prayers will be this, Oh, God. Help them stop drinking. Yes. Oh, God, 
help them stop being a womanizer. Yeah. But when you see them from God's point of view, like you yes. were saying, yes. your prayers changed. Absolutely. So go ahead and talk a little bit more about what else, what yeah. else you started seeing because... Well, that, that was really it. You know, I didn't feel I had to beg God for anything. I, ha I started to decree. Now, this is what God says about so-and-so. You know, they're mighty men and women of God. Why? Because they're made in God's image and God's likeness. And he says, just as he is, so are they already in this world. Not sometime in the distance. Now. That's what they are now. And so I would speak the word over them, which which as passages said, it does not return void. It accomplishes what we please and it prospers in the thing that you're sending it to. But not only that, it was um, getting rid of any doubt or unbelief that I might have had once I, when I started to pray for them. So do you see what I mean? <laughs> Is that what they mean by two-edged sword? It may be. I, that's what I was thinking maybe it does mean. So I'm speaking the word, speaking the word over them and I'm becoming fully persuaded. So the word was making me fully persuaded, and plus it was going out there and achieving what it was sent to do. And after a while, it doesn't matter what you see with your eyes, you're fully persuaded, and you just have a knowing that that person is coming to the Lord. You just know it. That's amazing. And so you said, uh, you mentioned some of the, this doesn't always come overnight no and so do you say what you say of uh, what you're seeing from God's standpoint one time and that's it no you keep saying it Tell. Beca because how does that look Lynette well th the Bible says that God's word is like a fire but I, I twist it a little bit I say God's word is a fire I might be wrong and like a hammer it breaks the stone so I see that when I'm standing for somebody and I'm taking, speaking the word over them, I'm using that sword or that hammer and I'm breaking, breaking the stony grip of the enemy over them. And it just works. But, you, you, but the thing that I've learned is you can't pray for somebody and then run around talking how terrible it all is or they're coming to the Lord. No, you say, no, I'm decreeing their eyes are open. They know who they are in Christ could I just tell you about Please. my brother? This I Please. love this. Give examples, yeah. <laughs> when I came to know the Lord, my family split down the middle because I drove them mad <laughs> until I realised they were never going to listen. I had to get do the battle in the spirit realm. And my brother said to me, you've broken our family apart, you know. Anyway, and we would argue. I was trying to convince him and we would argue. And then I thought, I'm never going to talk to you about the Lord ever again but I got up every morning at five o'clock and I got into declaring the word over him and binding the enemy and I said, devil, you cannot speak to him and I bind all your pride, all your lies, all your deception. I bind all your unbelief. I bound anything I could think of. But bit by bit, he would ring me and he'd say, it's really amazing. He said, my life's changing. He said, I'm starting to see things really differently. And I'm like, yes. But I never said to him, I never told him because I just said, oh, that's lovely. Anyway, it was nine months it took, getting up every morning, standing on the enemy's neck, telling him, you do not speak to my brother. 
And nine months later, he was driving to work in his car and he, he said the radio was on. I think it was a country song. You know, they was all, Lord, you're so good. And he said the presence of God came into the car and he said it was so overpowering. He said I had to drive to the side of the road and he said I wept and wept and wept, buckets of sin. And he gave his heart to the Lord in his car all through prayer, all through me standing on that devil's neck and saying, you stop talking to my brother. You stop lying to him. So, you know, I just know this works. And that when I meet people and you can see they're having trouble, my heart goes out to them and I think, this is so easy. But you have to be committed to doing it and not being moved by what you see. You keep looking at what God says about them and you keep seeing the enemy under your feet because that's where he is, under your feet. You know, when you start talking about the problem, you're letting him up in your mouth. So you can't do that. And every time you're tempted to, you say, no, you're under my feet, devil. You've got no say in this. This is just wonderful. I can't think of a better life. I love it. I love it. Uh, tell, give some other examples here. Um, well, f- family, that's what we did for family. When my mum came to the Lord, then my dad was very anti. And so she and I would get on the phone every day. <laughs> And take authority over the enemy and declare the word over him. And he came about three months later, gloriously born again. Um, Yeah, it's just so good. Uh, We led neighbours to the Lord all through prayer. And there was a guy who lived down the road from me in North Queensland. He used to beat up his kids and he ended up going to jail for it. And all the neighbours hated him, obviously. But I saw him with different eyes and I prayed for him um, regularly. And he never actually said he gave, gave his heart to the Lord, but he said to me, my life's changing. He said, I want to be a better man. So we actually left North Queensland after that, but I prayed for him a long time after. I know I'm going to see him in heaven. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so good. Uh, could you, uh, Laura, could you please put up Ephesians 6.18? This is just a little bit of it, but I'd like us to look at, at that verse of Scripture if we could look at it. And then I, if you can give some more examples, because what we're talking about is not, uh, sometimes people, when they pray, mm-hmm. it's like, hope, I hope, I hope, no. you know, you know, I hope this, hope something happens. I'm going to shoot a prayer out there yeah. and hope it hits something. Mm. This is not that. No. This is not that. I love how, um, you said it is fire and it is a hammer. Mm. And so uh, if you're driving a nail yes. into a piece of wood, you don't just whack it once. No. You whack it until it's in. It, it, absolutely. And so you apply the word. Look at this verse. It says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Mm. That's really all consuming, isn't it? I mean, it seems like it changes you from a mealtime prayer or to a Sunday prayer, mm. to someone who's praying a lot. Yes. And so uh, on every occasion, stay alert. And then this, this is what I thought of when you were mm. saying your story. And be persistent about your brother. Absolutely. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. But this would be for anybody anywhere. And Paul, Paul said this to his son Timothy, his spiritual son. Praying at all times, 
um, I'd have thoughts about him or someone would might say, how's your brother? I'd go, oh, I'm just thanking God that he's a mighty man of God. I'd say, come pray with me, you know. <laughs> and we constantly would uh, just, I never talked about them. So you just don't talk about the person you're praying with for. You just declare the word. Uh, speak the word only over Man. them. Yeah, and people will never ask you about that person again. <laughs> it's a real commitment of the mouth, isn't it? it of is. the heart and the mouth. It's just like you make a covenant with your with your heart and your mouth to only speak his word. I was... Um, I loved Emily's story about her her daughter, and uh, there was a time it was an enduring situation. It was a long situation, mm-hmm. didn't resolve right away when your little baby was in the NICU, and uh, and it looked so touch and go for a little while, and uh, and your mama got on you about speaking the word only. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we speak the word and something yeah. else. Yes. Talk about that. Well, what Emily Emily knew to speak the word over, yeah. over her baby that uh-huh. was premature at the time and she was thanking God with long life, you satisfy this little baby, not this little one here, this is the one before. And, um, and she'd say, Lord, I thank you that, you know, she's strong in the Lord and no evil befalls her and with lo- long life she satisfies you satisfy this little baby. And then friends would come and say, Emily, how's your baby? And she would say, well, the doctors are saying this and they're saying that and they, they're saying... She was telling them what the doctors were saying and it wasn't even bad. It was just talking about the situation in the natural. And then um, her little baby was really on death's door. The doctor said they couldn't do anything more for it and that they'd increased done everything they could possibly do and they really were preparing her for the death of this little baby that was Premie. And Emily sort of called out to God, I don't understand this, Lord, I'm holding on to your word, I'm speaking your word and then God spoke to her and said, "Um, but you've got to speak the word only. And she realised, yes, she was saying this little baby's strong, long life, you satisfy it. But then she was talking about it in the natural. And see, when she was talking about it in the natural, that was um, salt water. And when she was talking about what God said, that was fresh water. And God showed her that when you mix the two, the salt water, um, future, what is it, contaminates the fresh water. And so um, the, it made the word unfruitful. So, yeah, so when you're praying for somebody, you speak the word only. And you don't speak about them at all. And it, when they come to your mind, you say, Lord, you know, thank you. They know the truth or you, you say the scripture again. And you never touch it with your mouth ever again until you see, until you see the um, result. And then you can brag about it, what God did. It's better. It's, it's better. better to have the testimony than the than the moments, uh, whatever, yes. to to just describe and to cave in to yep. to describe what what it looks like. Absolutely. Wow, that is so wonderful. I'm wondering um, if we could just do some uh, a little bit of praying yeah. as, as well. And uh, we're. I wanted us to pray for our families. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I don't know, with a, show, with a show of hands, um, does anybody in here have some impossible situations in your family? What appears to be impossible situations in your family? If it really look, looks that way, I'm talking about just the way it looks, uh, you know, identify. Okay, so, um, but we know that with God, nothing is impossible. And we also know that nothing is impossible to him that believes. Mm. And there is appropriate word for every single uh, one of these situations. Um, I just, I just, I know some situations that may have been uh, lifted up and some I do not. And, but I'd like for all of us right now, I'd like as you just to, to just lead us in a prayer mm-hmm. for our families. For our families. For, uh, there's different situations mm-hmm. involved. All yes. kinds. All kinds. Yes. But um, different situations for the families. And then uh, how you would pray for us. Mm-hmm. As we pray and continue on to pray for our families. Yes. Yeah. Mm, that was a challenge. <laughs> I know. Well, but yeah, I, you could you you can pray for us. How yeah. would you pray for a parent who has a challenging situation, not just for their child, mm. but how would you pray for that parent? Well, I would, as they approach that situation, yeah, I would pray that God w- that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, mm-hmm. so they know who they are in Christ Jesus and what he did for them mm-hmm. so that their eyes would be enlightened to that. And to be honest, I really don't know how to pray for people whose hearts aren't in. I would pray that their eyes be open, mm-hmm. but I don't really know how I would pray f- for somebody unless it was a c- real quest I was going to take on. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I do know. Um, but I would really, i just love to get with somebody and tell them how to, how to pray and how to stand on the word for themselves, yeah, because um, it's difficult. I'll just tell you quickly. I knew a woman who's had a son who was diagnosed with um, autism, mm-hmm. and I really felt for this woman because I thought, imagine waking up to that child every day, because autism can be very severe, and the parents get no peace, as you can imagine. If um, this little boy would twirl around, twirl around, twirl around, never looked at his mum and dad in the eye, never said a word. He was six years old. And my heart really went out for her. But I didn't want to pray for that little boy because I felt that it was her responsibility. Exactly. Yeah, but I wanted to get beside her and show her how she could do it. Yes. So I did. Mm. And... Um, it took six months. Every day I prayed for her. I said, we'll just ring and pray for two minutes. I would say two minutes. It ends up five. But because I didn't want to have a big chat and a conversation, but just pray with you, with her for this little boy. And we did. And we would say to, we say to you, um, autism, we speak to you. And when you speak to the devil, you've got to speak to him eye to eye. Mm-hmm. You know, because he hears you. You don't say, I speak to that devil of autism like he's over there somewhere. You've got to see him in your face because you're dealing with a devil. The Bible says we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Jesus took autism. Yeah. He took it in his body, didn't he, Pastor mm-hmm. Patsy, on the tree. He sure Autism did. Autism isn't the, isn't the problem. It's the devil. And God tells us that. 
So you, I would, we would speak to it and we'd say, autism, you call yourself autism, but you're a devil wearing a mask. Because mm. if the devil came up to you and said, I'm the devil, you wouldn't let him in, would you? But, but we let sickness in because, after all, that's common to man. We think that's normal. But it's not normal. Mm. And so we spoke to it. We looked it in the eye and we said, autism, you're defeated. Jesus defeated you at the cross 2,000 years ago. You have no legal right in this boy's body. We bind you. And we pictured out. Well, I did. I wasn't sure what she was like because she didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And we bind you and we command you to leave this body in Jesus' name. And then I would say to her, don't talk about it to anybody. But she did because everyone's like, what's wrong with your child, you oh, know? Yeah, yeah. So I knew it was really hard for her. Yeah. But I knew that if I stuck with her long enough yeah. that she'd get it. And it took six months. Six months it took. No sign whatsoever. Six months later, Glory the little boy started God. talking. Glory Looking in mum and dad's God. eyes. Going to the fridge and asking, yogurt, can I have some milk? Asking her what he wanted to watch on the telly. So that, that's my heart, Pastor Patsy, is not to really pray for people, but to teach them how to stand against the enemy themselves. Yes, yes. And um, it just works. It does just work. Yes. You know, um, when I was growing up, uh, my dad was in the military. Yeah. Uh, well, before I was born, but anyway. Um, and... One of the one of the little shows that we watched whenever we did get a TV, which was not until I was a teenager, mm-hmm. but it was uh, Gomer Pyle. Did yeah, anyone ever watch Gomer Pyle? <laughs> and how that that uh, sh- show starts up that is, you know, Gomer Pyle's. <laughs> he's kind of such a doofus, but he would just be marching along in rank with everybody, and then Sergeant Carter would be walking beside him, just barking at him in his ear <laughs> and Gomer Pyle shaking his head saying, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, Gomer Pyle loved Sergeant Carter because Sergeant Carter really helped him yes. and helped him get to what he needed to do. And in the spirit, there uh, can be uh, sergeant type people that help you. And uh, Norval Hayes was that way yeah. for me. I can still hear him barking. Yeah. <laughs> And um, still today, still today, if if I get any pain or anything in my knee, I'll hold, I'll stand on one leg and hold the other knee up, and I'll point at it and I say, "No, you don't. No, you don't. I call my knee well. Call my knee well." And because um, I saw him demonstrate that, I just will not let anything whack go with my knees, because yeah, he he was just a good coach in that area. And then that's, that's the kind of healing that I've received mostly through that form of healing is calling my body well because he coached. He coached in that area, and you can just see, whoa, that's how that works. Um, but um, I, I'm wondering, because uh, I w- would like a demonstration of this if it's okay, and I didn't uh, ask you for permission on this or I didn't ask my dear friend Jenny for permission on this, but uh, you're... Uh, coaching her on uh, prayer, and so would would it be okay f- for a demonstration with somebody real that you feel in your heart to just come along beside this mom in prayer? And Jenny is is um, uh, she's 
a real strong prayer and delightfully strong in God, in praying in the spirit and by the unction of the Holy Spirit. And uh, But she's noted that this kind of prayer for somebody very dear to her is something the Holy Spirit has highlighted. Oh, I just love it. Do you know we're all so much better together? We encourage each other together. And so I just love when Jenny said that you're going to help her with somebody so dear to her. That, um, you know, I love that about Jenny does not have a thing like, well, I know about prayer. I've been praying a long time. No, we don't have that. We have like whatever, whatever we need to know, whatever we need to do. And, and uh, whatever we can learn in the Lord, I just love that, that humility is a, is a way that we receive from God. So, Jenny, if you could just um, come and just join hands with her, wh- however you do. Yeah. But can we just uh, not just oogle-eye, you know, not just gaze upon. Oh, yeah, that we can, uh, that's really agreement, isn't it? Is it? <laughs> and sharing the same seat, not just sharing the same prayer and being in agreement with, okay, Benny's saving the day. I love you, Benny. Thanks. Actually, I like Yeah, kinda, she kind of quite like it. But you can, you can uh, bring it here in the middle, uh, Benny, and that's great. That's perfect. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can we just praise the Lord for a little bit? Thank God. Thank God. God for the truth of the word of God. Thank God that it it works and it is a fire and it is a hammer that breaks the rock in twain. Jesus name. Okay. Well, do you want to mention names? No, 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 we won't mention names. But someone in my family who's very dear to me, as you said. Amen. Well, Father, we thank Thank you, Lord. We look at these people through your word. Thank you. And your word says, Lord, that even when this person, you know them, was dead in sin and in the uncircumcision Mm. of the flesh, Lord, that you quickened them, that you made them alive with you, that you sanctified them, that you justified them, that you gave them everything that they need Mm. that pertains to life and godliness. You said, Lord, you put their sinners as far as the east is from the west and you're never going to remember it ever again. So we speak to you in the name of Jesus. You are demonic powers that try to blind them. You are the God of this world. And we speak to you. We look at you in the eyes and we say, you have no legal right to this person. You are defeated. Jesus defeated you at the cross 2,000 years ago and we enforce your defeat. We tell you, you cannot speak to them in Jesus' name. You cannot lie to them. You cannot deceive them. You cannot speak any form of words or uh, doctrines of devils that would harass them or bring them into condemnation. Nothing. We turn you off like a tap. And we tell you in Jesus' name that because you are defeated, we call you cast into the sea in Jesus' name. Yes, and Father, we thank you for this person. We decree that the eyes of their understanding are enlightened. We say that they know who they are in Christ Jesus, and what is the hope of your calling for them. This is what we say. We decree it, and we believe that we receive it. We believe that we have it now. We don't believe it's going to happen in the distance somewhere. We call it done now. We call God's kingdom come God's will done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. Then what else would you say 
to Jenny as your... Hold on, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> it, it changes even um, what I thought I was speaking in faith, mm -hmm. um, but f down the track. But the Bible says faith is now. Amen. So now when I speak about this person, I speak in the now Amen. that she knows God, she Amen. hears her, his voice, Amen. that she walks in his ways, that she esteems now Beautiful. what Jesus has done for her. Amen. Wow. Amen. So it changes because I thought I was in faith. And I was. I was mostly in hope because hope looks there. You know, I hope one day, one day it's she'll positive. come. And yeah. It's positive. And it's it not, sounds it's, really it's positive, better than, but it's not really quite fair. Yeah, it's better than, you know, looking at the natural. But it changes it from then to now. Amen. So now is what I decree her to be. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what are some traps then, some, some uh, sneaky traps that sound good but are really not well, the, yeah, the enemy the, will say to your office will be so good when this happens. You're going to have such a testimony. So he's putting it off yeah. in the future. Yeah. So anything that puts it off in the future mm. comes from the pit. It's now. There's no future yeah. in God. Everything's now. Now is the time of God's favour. Today is the day, day of, of salvation. salvation. So we aren't lying when we're saying it's done. It is done. If you could see into the spirit realm, you would see that person perfect complete and mm. the devil's saying to them no you're not no you're not so it's it's really god's verse word versus the enemy's word so you've got mm. to say no god says it it's true it's mm. the truth that person's eyes are open they're new creatures in christ they've been washed in the blood cleansed sanctified justified and therefore devil you, you get out of here amen stop speaking to lying them. to them and bit by bit, their eyes will open and they'll, and they'll see and they'll come and they'll ring Jenny and they say, wow, mm. my life's really changing. Mm -hmm. And she'll mm -hmm. go, yes. Because it's, what the devil says is a smoke screen. Yes. It puts a smoke screen over what is now. Mm. Yep. It's just a smoke screen. So we blow in the smoke screen off. Absolutely. It's kind of like cannot... clouds in front of the sun. Uh, you just don't see it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that it's not there. And the sun is shining, absolutely. Yeah. You just blow those, those things away and say, devil, you're not speaking to her anymore. Amen. You shut up because his volume is louder than what is. Absolutely. And what is, is got to be louder. So he's got to shut up, be Amen. quiet. Now is the day of her salvation. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Not tomorrow, today. Not it's one day. It's all about now. <laughs> it is now. Faith is so confronting, isn't it? Because mm. I, I think the, the mind and the soul looks for a way to reason and to soften the sound of faith. Mm. Because faith is so confronting. It commands and it is now. Yeah. And so we'll want to soften it to, I believe that it can happen. Uh, I believe it will happen. Yeah, that yeah. sounds really good. Yeah. And then maybe we'll even shout about, we believe it will happen. No, Woo! It happen. And yet that's not <laughs> it's faith. Not happen. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Until you believe you've got it now. Because oh. we have got it now. Mm. Can I have you another question? Please I'm, tell. I have yeah. a friend and she, her nephew was sent home with leukemia. He was... Yeah, come closer oh, to you. Oh, yeah. he, her nephew, who was an adult young 21-year-old, was, was sent home with leukaemia. He mm -hmm. 
He was skin and bone, laying on the chair in a little fetus position, no hope. He wasn't eating and he'd have a little teaspoon of water every now and then. And they were just waiting for him to die. And she said, this isn't good enough. And she decided to stand toe to toe with that leukaemia. She spoke to it. And this boy just happened to be named David. She said, David lives and not dies and declares the works of the Lord. And she spoke to that leukemia eye to eye. She could see it had ears listening. And every day, every morning she spoke to it. Every night she spoke to it. Two weeks later, uh, he was still alive, getting up and making himself something to eat. (laughs) And then he went to the doctor and the doctor says, oh, this is weird. Your blood count's changed. (laughs) Well, I don't know about leukaemia, but it's, they can tell from the yeah, blood. Yeah. Two months later, he's still alive, strong and robust. Sent him down to um, a team of specialists in Sydney. They said, we don't understand this. You have no trace of leukaemia in your body, none. And, uh, and they said, what have you been doing? He says, nothing. I've just got an auntie who prays for me, you know. So everything has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus Everything, cancers, leukemias, everything. It's just what do you want to spend your faith on? You know, it's, we've got, I always think we've been given the measure of faith. It's like having money in the bank. What do you want to spend your money on? Do you want to spend it on your eyesight? Do you want to spend it on your marriage? Do you want to spend it on your nephew who's dying of leukemia? It's, you, it, you have to put it to work. And it's got nothing to do with God. He's already given us the authority. He says, now use it. And it's up to us what we want to use it on. And it's not not, nothing shameful if you don't want to use it on certain things, is it? But there's certain things you just don't want to put up with and we don't have to. Praise the name of the Lord. So anything that has been bought and paid for by Jesus, I just, um, Lynette, this has been like a Holy Ghost pencil sharpener (laughs) praise the lord and as sometimes when you've you've used a pencil it kind of gets a little dull in an area and um so thank god for this sharpener i tell you i've been sharpened tonight you can just get a little sloppy just a little sloppy and the devil loves it to get us to get sloppy with it because faith is the victory that overcomes the world and um, we're to really triumph. God gave me that word at the beginning of the year, this year, the word triumph, yes. that uh, we triumph. Well, that, that means that there's opportunities that <laughs> confront. Well, we're going to, we're going to, we triumph by faith. And so faith is um, exactly what we've been hearing tonight. It is really crisp. It sees things clear. And he is bought and paid for victory for us, and we're just not having anything less. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, I just thank you for the families of our church. I thank you for parents. I thank you for for, um, husbands and wives and future husbands and wives. I I thank you for moms. I thank you for dads. I thank you for kids. Oh, how the devil hates the family. But, but God, you're strengthening the family. Can we agree along this line? We're, you're strengthening the family. 
You're strengthening uh, the, the core of families in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And just pray whatever comes up in your heart to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Well, Father, we do pray. We pray over every born-again believing person here. We pray your word, Father. We thank you, every one of these precious people. We are all of us made in your image and in your likeness. We thank you, Father, that you said that just as you are, so are we right now in this world because you've given to us, all of us, everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. You said, Father, that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us and that we can do all things through you and that when we believe and you said Lord there is nothing uh, impossible to those who believe so we believe your word Lord we choose to fill up our hearts every morning when we wake up and seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness so that all these other things Lord will be added to us Lord we remind ourselves of who we are and what we have and so Lord we just pray over all of our minds today that the eyes of each and every one of our understanding Standing, be enlightened so we know who we are in Christ Jesus and what is the hope of your calling for us. Lord, that we are people who walk in your way of righteousness. Lord, that we are people who speak your word only. That we are people, Lord, who wait on you to renew our strength and we mount up with wings of eagles. That we run, we don't grow weary, we walk and we faint not. That we are doers of your word and not hearers only deceiving our own hearts. And we thank you for this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Can I say something? Yes. Uh, You would have noticed when Lynette's praying, she's not praying much out of her own thoughts. Uh, you press the button and out comes the word. And that can only happen because the, she's taken time to put the word in her heart. And so if you haven't got the word of God in your heart, when it comes to praying, you go, uh, the, God, dear God, bless my family. Um, then what else do I say? Because then starts coming out all your own ideas. So um, it, getting the word of God... Um, those, those, particularly those epistle prayers were written for us to use them and to take them and chew on them and get the nourishment out of them because that's, it's the word of God, per- persistent speaking the word. Um, but if you haven't got it in here, there's nothing to come out. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we look forward to great changes changes in our family. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for shaking up any kind of uh, tolerance to the way that things are. We're not having anything other than God's highest and best because you've already bought and paid for it. So uh, we just thank you for this. Praise God. Lynette Richards, thank you. Praise the Lord. Yeah. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.